Hold on to your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Woe is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Jimmy Clark. You're listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. Sometimes you have to just get the lead out. Alongside me, as always, on Mondays, Troy. going to talk about tonight i'm not sure i'm not real sure i just needed some led zeppelin i you know the how the west was one collection their mm-hmm. live collection it's so good yeah reminds me of my childhood and like going dad way too loud but it's awesome it's like i'm not going to be able to hear in a few years but this is how you should play music it's true didn't your dad go through a big phase where he liked the police oh yeah yeah he was of that generation <laughs> Or I was like, yeah, he loved the police. I've never done a deep dive with the police. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, I think it's one of those generational things where you're like, you had to be there. You had to be there. It was a super group, wasn't it? I suppose so. But like most super groups, you're like, who's in it? <laughs> Who? 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 I guess we had, what was our generation's super group? Audio Slave? Yeah. They were pretty yeah. good. And the boy bands. Yeah, the boy bands are pretty epic. Um, Pearl Jam. It's probably a little bit before us. And that's not... Is that a super group? Or is that just... No, no, you're right. That's just a great group. You're right. Um, yeah, Sticks was a super group, but that's way before us. Yeah. Yeah. I guess Foo Fighters post Nirvana. Kind of. Because you got Grohl, but I don't really... But Grohl's in, Grohl's in a lot of things, too. Right, like Queens yeah. of the Stone Age. Right. Yeah. Um, I feel like we haven't gotten enough Zeppelin. I don't feel pumped enough. It is Monday, so everything's kind of down. Yeah, it's raining outside. It is raining. Yeah. It's ter- It's been raining for days. Days. I was at a party, a pool party, Saturday. There right. wasn't much time in the pool. No. There was a game of chicken that happened where we were all in the pool, and as the storm clouds started rolling in, um, people were essentially betting on who would be the last to get out. Like, well, I'm not putting up any money. It's just my pride. I'm getting out now. There was lightning on the horizon. Yeah. But uh, I think it was Southern Wood. He comes on as Southern Wood. He comes on as 84. Um, he goes by many names and many alter egos. See... 
he sometimes tells dad jokes. Um, but he, I think, won it. Him or Jeremy. Jeremy's the guy, great guy. But as I was doing, preparing for my hot sauce challenge, ate the last dab on air, I was over at uh, Baumhauer's eating some of their hottest wings. And as I'm biting into this wing, and it's like wing number four or five, so I'm feeling it. Yeah. And really my mind is focused on that, but I'm listening to Jeremy talk, and he says, Joey, do you think there's such a thing as aliens? And I'm like, it's possible. (laughs) Eating the wing, eating the wing, just trying to keep it together. And he's like, yeah, I think it's possible, too. But how does that, how does the existence of aliens square away with, like, the, the book of Genesis? And just the, in that moment, I'm like, I don't have time to answer that question. Yeah. I'm eating my hot wings. Like, yeah. I literally cannot open my mouth enough because of the hot sauce to get into how the existence of aliens squares away with the book of Genesis. I just can't. So it, it was either Jeremy... Or Southern Wood, who stayed in the pool the longest. Think hmm. there's such thing as aliens? Like, what do you what do you classify as alien? Like outer space, not from this planet. That's life. That's like well, in, intelligent, intelli- intelligent life, intelligent life. Yes, I think the probability that life exists outside of this planet, certainly somewhere in this universe, whether it's this galaxy or otherwise, is high. Yeah, whether it's intelligent life, I don't know. Or would we be able to even see it as intelligent, or would they see us as intelligent? Exactly. Yeah, it's kind of hard to have a solid definition of intelligence. We consider ourselves to be intelligent, and yet every single day I read something about someone called Florida Man. Florida Man? Yeah. What is Florida Man? Um, Usually some guy or girl in Florida who makes the headlines. Florida Man or Florida Woman was caught with two pounds of methamphetamines on them while they were wrestling alligators or something like that. Right. Some some sort of crazy... But if you're going to wrestle an alligator, aren't you going to smoke meth? That's... Like, if you had to. Like, I never want to wrestle an alligator. One of my deepest fears is that I will die by being eaten by alligators. This goes back to, like, childhood dreams. Really? Oh, yeah. This reoccurring dream where I would avoid all sorts of alligators in my backyard. They were like... I remember you telling me about this. Yeah. Yeah. And every time I got to the back door after avoiding like 20 of them, one would eat me. Okay. Scenario. Mm Mm-hmm. You're in a swamp. Okay. There are gators. Right. right. Other other critters about. Sure. Like snakes. Snakes. Maybe... Snapping turtles. Alligator snapping turtles. Maybe a crane off in the distance. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we could go with a crane. Yeah, there, there are several other water birds, insects of all types. In the yeah, right. mosquitoes especially. Oh right, right. You find yourself in the water. Why you find yourself in the water, you don't know. Okay, but you're being pursued. All right, you're being pursued by hungry alligators oh and or crocodiles. Mm-hmm. You survive. You find some semblance of land, a marsh. Yeah, you get out. The alligators are still chasing you. They pursue you onto drier land. But you survive. Mm-hmm. Problem. While you were swimming in that water, no one notified you about the flesh-eating bacteria or the, the types of viruses that crawl up in your brain and kill you. So while you survive the alligators, sure, you die from that. So I avoid my deepest childhood fear. Is that a win? 
but I'm eaten by flesh-eating bacteria. Perhaps not flesh-eating bacteria. There are certain things that'll like crawl up in your nose, swim up into your brain, and kill you. Mm. Mm. Or any orifice, really. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But this isn't like the Amazon where you get the, the little catfish that get up junk. in your yeah. yeah. No, I don't think that's a win. Yeah. Uh, not on, even on, on account of the dying. Yeah. Not even relatively. Now, scenario back at you, kind sir. Okay. All right. I think we can both agree. No reason, no good reason to smoke meth. Correct. Unless maybe you were like abused as a child. That's usually the profile, but that's still not a good reason. Let's just say no good reason to smoke meth. Okay. But, and there's no good reason to fight an alligator. Right. But say somebody has put you in a situation. Where you have to fight an alligator? Yeah. And they say you can either smoke this meth or not smoke this meth to fight this alligator. What do you go with? How long am I fighting this alligator for? Uh, to the death. Um, yeah. You're smoking it? Probably, well, yeah. Probably. This is the question we're asking tonight, folks. 272-9228 here on News Talk. News Talk 93.1 FM WACV. I was actually thinking about aliens on the way here. Yeah? Yeah. And this was before you told me about... Oh, yes. That, that congresswoman. We do have... Let, let's tell the audience real quick. Okay. Because her name is Bettina Rodriguez... Aguilera. She's running for Congress. Mm-hmm. And before she announced her bid to replace one of the most influential Cuban-Americans in the Congress right now, high honor, being a Cuban-American and influential in the Congress, high honor. She appeared on a... Uh, hmm? Especially given the location. Right, in Florida, right. It's very proud people. Very there. South Florida. Yeah, very proud people. A lot of Cubans. Oh, yeah. Um, great coffee. Light a fire under your butt. Yeah, you don't drink a lot of it. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a bad day. Anyway, she appeared, before she ever announced her bid for Congress, Rodriguez Aguilera appeared on a Spanish-language television program and talked about her alien experience. She saw three beings, two women and a man. They were tall and full-figured. Full-figured? Yeah, like, when I, I mean... Maybe it's my my male mind, but when you say a woman's full-figured, I'm like, okay, voluptuous. Buxom. Buxom, yes. But when you're saying a man's full-figured, what, does he have the perfect V kind of shape going on? Or is he packing? Large bulge? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, like good Henry VIII's armor. Good for him. Yeah, good for him. There were, anyway, these three alien beings were tall and full-figured, according to... Rodriguez Aguilera, who's running for Congress. <clears throat> they spoke to her telepathically. They took her on board the spaceship, and inside she saw round seats. By the way, how old was she when she saw this? Uh, she was seven. Okay, okay. Yeah. Got it. And apparently the uh, alien was majestic blonde. These beings were majestic and blonde. They were Aryan. Wow. Yeah. But the Miami Herald is nonetheless endorsing her. Here's why we chose her. She's not crazy, says one member of the editorial board. She, we chose not to see her as a two-dimensional figure, and we chose not to make that an overriding concern. We're more thoughtful than that. Well, you know what? Good for them. Is there more of a reason other than we're more thoughtful than that? I guess she, they like her platform. 
She's I, a daughter of a Cuban political prisoner. When you told me this, I genuinely thought the whole thing was a setup for an her ideas are out of this world punchline. I thought that's what the Miami Herald was setting up. I really did. Because of the dad joke theme. Yeah. Yeah. I have I have several problems with this. Mm-hmm. Not the least of which is that seven-year-olds are known for being very creative with their answers when they cannot explain things. True, true. But how does a seven-year-old deduce the expression of a phenotype in aliens? That is to say, how was she able to tell that they were men or women? Right, right. Because uh, I can't, like, if you show me, say, an everyday creature, like a pigeon. Right. Like, when I was in New Orleans, I saw several very bold pigeons just mm-hmm. walking around amongst the people. I don't know if they're guys you, or girls. Yeah. If you had me ascertain whether or not a pigeon's female or male, I would have no clue on how to figure that out. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about a being from another planet. Yeah. Alien physiology? No idea. I have no clue either. And I'm thinking of aliens from famous movies, which probably aren't like the real aliens. It's just the human imagination. But. Right. And I talked about this last week with the Catholicism thing when we were talking about God, how mm-hmm. we filter God through our own human imperfection. Sure. Perhaps we filter aliens through our own human imperfections, that or rather sense. our own human perspective. Well, isn't kind of the, the standard alien, like the tall, slim figure with the big head? That's a popularized one. Yeah, yeah that's a pretty popular one. Maybe, but these were... Full-figured. Majestic, she claimed. These yeah. are majestic, full-figured, blonde extraterrestrials. Well, I'm sure, and this is just by way of comparison, when the Europeans came over on their ships, mm-hmm. did the natives not think they were right. otherworldly? They thought they were gods in the, what, in the Mayan civilization? The Mayans thought they were gods, or was it the Aztecs? Ooh. Thought Cortez. Yeah, I think it was the Aztecs thought he was a god. Yeah. It, like, fulfilled one of their prophets. Man, talk about a terrible prophecy. Well, that whole religion was really... With the human sacrifice? Yeah, it was a little much. Yeah. Yeah, it was a little much. But anyway, I don't think this... The fact that this seven-year-old girl thought she was abducted by aliens, mm-hmm. it doesn't really go into much more, and I'm not going to look up the Spanish-speaking television programs, like, video. Right. But the fact that she was put on television at 7 saying I was abducted by aliens, I don't think... I'm with the Miami Herald editorial board. Right. She shouldn't... Yeah. Run for Congress. If if the worst her opponent can do is point out something that she said when she was 7 years old, (laughs) then she's probably doing all right. Yeah, and I think the people in Congress believe much worse things than, you know, I was abducted by aliens. Yeah. Yeah, I actually, my first question to you was, were they illegal aliens? <laughs> so that just shows, I wasn't even thinking about yeah. extraterrestrial Yeah, with beings. the current zeitgeist, you never know. By the way, to answer that, that guy's question about uh, Genesis and aliens. Yeah. Exogenesis, that, oh. that concept in that Muse album. Yeah, I think that could be squared away. Yeah, maybe God didn't stop with the earth maybe he didn't even start with the earth maybe he's made a lot of different beings in his image and likeness maybe the person we think is god is actually an alien right right all right well i feel like um because it's monday i want to play some more zeppelin okay you had a scenario for me as well oh well yeah i gave it to you it was the fighting of the alligator that's right yeah that's right and you chose to smoke the meth because it's a life or death fight and i would choose the same i'm not judging you yeah well actually i am judging you and saying you're correct Okay, uh, do I get a tail of the tape, so to speak? A tail of the tape? Yeah. What's that? 
Is it a little alligator? Is it a big alligator? Oh, like the lead up to a fight. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, it's a it's a human size alligator. It's about an even fight. A, a classic man eater. Yeah. Oh yeah, it could take you down. Okay. Now I saw another story about a gator again scaring the hell out of me. Apparently a woman in South Carolina was walking her dog when a gator appeared out of a lagoon and uh, grabbed her and the dog drug them back into the lagoon. And they haven't found her. Well, she should have let go of the leash. Or the dog. <laughs> no, never mind. We don't know exactly what the gator grabbed. That's That's nuts. Like, when it comes to predators... I'm all for, like, conserving the environment and species on this planet. But really, why are there alligators just around where people are? Why? <laughs> the people chose to live there. Maybe I'm speaking emotionally here. Yeah, we chose to live here. Let's take out the other apex predators. I think when we discovered that the port of New Orleans, uh, the Mississippi River that flows out. Yeah. I think when we discovered that every couple thousand years or so, it switches and moves a little further east or a little further west, I think we should have just up and left New Orleans True. and moved it. Oh, after having been there a couple weekends ago, yeah, that place. And I'm not saying that because New Orleans is bad. I'm just saying it would be better for the economy. <laughs> okay. And I think the like reason a capitalist, I, yes. The, well, the reason I'm saying that is because the Army Corps of Engineers is actively preventing the Atchafalaya River from overtaking the Mississippi. And it's a lot of money to do. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of money and resources. Well, that's how that's the whole state of Florida. Yeah. With like the latest hurricanes that came through, mm -hmm. it brought that up that it's these places have been tamed by the ingenuity of man. Yeah. But it takes a lot. You know what happens when you ask the Army Corps of Engineers about that? They say the river's neither here nor there. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, oh well. Well. I apologize for that. Let's play some Zeppelin, why don't we? Bring it on home. Back to the point. It's what keeps the band together. It's what kept them together. Sorry, I'm just I'm looking up at our television screens, monitors here in the studio. The um, the Manhattan madam, um, she looks like a madam. Like a lot of work done. Yeah. Yeah, she looks like a madam. Like a woman who's a little older and a business or a profession that is advantageous to the young women looks like she realizes and was fighting at time. She didn't look bad. No, 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 no. She looks like a madam. It's it's a profession that will chew you up and spit you out. Really? Yeah. Now folks might think we're being silly. Tonight and we are to a certain degree. Yeah. But this article, true, true about the Florida woman and aliens, true. Manhattan madam on television talking about Roger Stone and the Russia thing, true. Yeah. Why are we still talking about Roger Stone? I don't is, does know. he have an? Is, was he indicted? Is there? No, there people up? think they're like 
threats of him being indicted, but he's he actually penned an op-ed saying, like, I've been under surveillance for a year or two now. I know this because people inside told me. Like, you have everything I've done. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're going to indict me, do it. If not, I'm going to start bringing lawsuits against you for violating all my rights. Which, I think he has a point. It's true. So, indict him or do something else. Yeah. Instead, they were probably like, actually, you know what? We got this guy here named Paul Manafort, who's just an even bigger dummy than you. <laughs> and, uh, and we got him. We got him by the uh, the cojones. Man, what happens if this jury, though, comes back? It's like, we couldn't make a decision. Then they move on to the next trial, which starts in like two weeks. In D.C., and that one's for money laundering and not registering as a foreign agent. Right. And it's a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nine nine figures? Is it more than nine now? You're talking about oligarchs, man, he was dealing with. Yeah. Like, <sighs> Rudy Giuliani's catching some flack over the weekend. Are you just mean like the breeze caught his jowls, or? Oh, I mean, I didn't see that. I'd imagine that happens to him every once in a while. He's like a bulldog. Mm-hmm. He's Trump's bulldog. Sometimes he snorts. Until he does something wrong, and then he becomes his coffee boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, when he said, I don't have the clip, but when he said, truth is a truth to Chuck Todd, like, you could tell as soon as it came out of his mouth, he's like, damn it. <laughs> no, that's not, don't, I think he literally said, don't do this to me, Chuck. Because <laughs> I see what he was trying to get at. Like, he could have been more eloquent and been like, Chuck, the truth is rarely pure and never simple. Quite a little Oscar Wilde. Yeah. But no, he goes, truth is a truth. <laughs> like what a perfect you know what I want to commend Rudy Giuliani that is the perfect statement for our current news age truth isn't truth yeah it's not fake news it's not Russia it's not whatever you want it is truth isn't truth I knew this administration was going to be a handful though when it was like the first or second day after the inauguration the press secretary mentioned <laughs> Alternative facts. Well, no, and as soon as they said alternative facts, I went, huh. What was his name? Sean Spicer, right? Is that his name? Yeah. It, but I don't think it was him that said it. It was, uh, it was a woman. Oh, no, that was Kellyanne Conway who That's said it. alternative facts. Yeah. But Sean, I'm thinking to Sean Spicer, how he sent out there, like on the first day or the second day, to argue with the press corps over the size of the inaugura- inauguration crowd. That's a tough and, job. And it's just, I felt so bad for Sean Spicer. Yeah. Because you could tell he was like, I don't know what I'm, I'm used to like, you know, being a press guy for the RNC and for normal Republicans. But he, he literally told me to get out here. And yeah, some of y'all are downplaying how many people were there and watching. Some of y'all are, but obviously with the, the number, oh, it's just uh, hilarious. And then now on our TV screens. Something I got a little, uh, I got angry yelling last week over. Finally, the Pope has uh, responded, I think, in a pretty good fashion, considering he wasn't Pope when all the uh, accusations, all the things happened. Yeah, All the abuse happened in Pennsylvania. I'm, I'm trying to think if it's something that happens from the top down, the abuse. Yeah. Or if it's something where the profession is attractive to that type of individual who is uh, let's just say that 
the things that they did yes. is some sort of mental illness. Yeah. Not as an excuse, but just that's as, an as, easy way to put it. Right. So let's say the profession. Does it attract people that have that particular illness? But it gets worse than that because yeah. these horrible things are happening. But then you got the guys that are one, maybe two steps above them going up to like a cardinal. Yeah. They're covering this whole thing up. Right. And is it like to say face or is it? Yeah. Are, you, are, they, are they protecting Catholicism? By protecting these horrible monsters? Or are they protecting themselves due to the nature of their position? Yeah, it just... Uh, having been raised in a Catholic environment my whole life... I, it, I had a priest. Yeah. He ended up leaving the priesthood. Because he came out and was like, yeah, I was part of it. Holy crap. Yep, St. Peter's. Mm-hmm. Here in Montgomery. town, yeah, he had he had moved to St. Peter's, yeah. Which, looking back on it now, I'm assuming was part of the, the shuffle that they would constantly do with these predators. Yeah. Um, and I was an altar server. I will say this: this man never touched me. Sure. This man never did anything that I would have, right. even now, considered to be like off-putting. Right. He was a great dude. Yeah. And when he left the priesthood and you come to find all this stuff out, at the time, I'm too young to really get it. But, like, now it's like, God, God holy, sh- you know? Yeah. It just, it, it makes me sick. I mean, because, and I said this last week, uh, that, like, you know, my uncle's priest. And, like, I can't imagine, like, the number of jokes that are now, obvi- I, I make the jokes. Like, because, I, I mean, I feel like it's, like, well, I was raised Catholic. I can make Catholic jokes. Ha, ha, ha. It's like uh, the stereotype of Jews and self-deprecation. Right. Or guilt. Yeah, yeah. Um, But I have to feel for him because that's uh, obviously like the people who were victims of this aren't really going to get justice because most of the priests who did this are now dead. Yeah. But then you look at other Catholics and especially members of the clergy who have to deal with this, like, because of the, just the image. Like, this is not the sort of thing, I don't consider myself Catholic any longer, but it's not because of this stuff. I mean, I guess this is just added to it. I think it's a good reason to stop believing. Boy, I really dodged that bullet. Good Lord. Glad I decided to stop being a Catholic before all of this. No, but you're... Your uncle, uh, wasn't he up for like a, I don't know, yeah. they call it promotions and stuff. But he It turned, seemed that way. He turned it down. He did. I it, mentioned this last week, too. He's probably, Yeah, he I don't know if you could join, feel good about that kind of thing. But. He didn't want to join the hierarchy, I don't think. He didn't want to go to Rome or be a bishop or anything like that. He wanted to just help people. I can locally. imagine if if you're in the hierarchy now you and you aren't complicit in this in some way, shape, form, or fashion, that you're probably feeling really bad well and from the popes and i've not been a great fan of this pope for more political economic reasons yeah he's better than the last one fair enough yes <laughs> um but uh the comments he came out with maybe a little late but you know the church takes its time it's existed for thousands of years yeah. um the comments he made are the right tone and the right thing but uh we'll see it's an ongoing story and I don't know how you 
justice is necessarily served in this case. Maybe it should just be a wake-up call to people within the Roman Catholic Church and any institution. I think this brings up what happened at Penn State mm-hmm. under Paterno. Any institution that is highly revered for whatever reason and has a lot of power, it is internally governed and self-policing in many regards, be on the lookout. And the decision is it should not be to save face. Of course, this becomes difficult, say, if a victim doesn't want to talk and doesn't want it to become public. Or, like you see a lot of defense attorneys doing nowadays, pushing, I'll put it in quotes, truths out into the public in the hopes that the victim will recant. Now, fortunately, in a lot of cases, when it comes to abuse, it comes down to the DA. Sometimes the DA's hands are tied regarding uh, statute of limitations, stuff like that. But even if a victim recants, the DA can still go, yeah, we got enough evidence. You're you're done, bucko. Well, we got a little serious after going from Manhattan madams and fighting alligators on meth and alien abductions. I've been sitting here this whole time we've been talking about this, trying to think about a joke. And the only thing I could come up with is how do billable hours work (laughs) if you're like an attorney working for the Catholic Church? They have, that, they have their own lawyers. Right, right, right. But it, like a like a, a priest lawyer? Yeah. No, they do. Attorney at God? I think our current archbishop here is like a church lawyer, legal scholar. Okay. Okay. So, no billable hours then? No. Tithes? No, you're married to God. Are tithes? you going to charge your wife? Tithes? Tithes? Yeah, maybe tithes. Maybe Get a little cut. Kind of like when you used to be a Budweiser uh, yeah. a commissioner in the state. You get a cut every sale of Budweiser. Yeah. It's like, hey, I'm solving this case for you. I'm working on this case. We've got us- no billable hours, but look, pal, your sins are forgiven. Give me a little bit of that tithe. Yeah. You know, this topic's reminded me of the song I want to go out with. Again, from How the West Was Won. What is and what should never be. You're listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. We'll be right back. Joey Clark. Particular this version. Makes me want to dance all herky jerky. Yeah, I, if I were if I were the lead singer, I'd have so much fun with that section. Yes, great great track. I mean, I feel like I miss my calling. Like, especially after years, six years now of radio, I feel like my pipes have gotten better. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Like, and it would been maybe it'll still happen. I'll start a metal band, like hair band. Metal band? Yeah. I don't. I don't see you doing metal. You don't. You don't think metal? No. What do you think? Like, I'm not gonna be one of these newfangled DJs. Like, oh my god, sorry. Damn fly in the studio. Yeah, we need to take care of that. At least it wasn't. Do you a see bee. it? Yeah. He came, that was aggressive. But I think it's a. I saw. I didn't hear it, which is weird. With these mics on, I should have heard that buzz. Anyway. It's freaking me out, man. Remember the night bees in college? Yeah. No peace on the streets when there's night bees. No. They're, they, you can't see them. No, you just hear them. Yeah. And there's something about the frequency of the beating of the wings. Yeah, it just freaked me out. I'm glad we got out of that damn place. Yeah. It was a weird apartment. Anyway. Uh, in the news. This is apparently a big deal. Asia Argento. Yeah, I thought that was a type of cheese. Is it? Because I like cheese. Sargento, Sargento is, a cheese, is a cheese brand. That yeah. is a cheese brand, but yeah. Argento is a, um, well, when I saw her photo, very attractive woman. Yeah. Yeah. Little, little rough looking now. A little ragged? No. Oh, she's, well, she's in her 40s. Well, she, the only reason I know her name, and really I didn't know it till this morning, apparently she was one of the first actresses to come out and accuse. Harvey Weinstein of his misdeeds, his yeah. sexual abuse, and assault. I only knew her from being Anthony Bourdain's girlfriend. I didn't even know she was an actress. Wait, was this the girlfriend before he took his own life? I mean, I'm sure there was probably one or two in between there, but yeah, I know yeah. it, it caused some issues with the Parts Unknown producers because of. Hmm. But so it was you fairly know, he, recent. He was sober for a very long time. Yeah, and I guess. Oh. I don't know if he sort of fell off the wagon, but there were issues there. Good Lord. Anyway, she um, she's one of the first actresses to come out and accuse Weinstein mm-hmm. of his misconduct. And today, the big headline, apparently, because hypocrisy is all the rage in today's world. I mean, if you're a hypocrite, people are going to point it out. Yeah. Mm. Unless you, yourself, are the hypocrite. Right. Well, I mean, but that's what hypocrites do. Like, if I'm a hypocrite, I'm going to point out your hypocrisy. Right. It's like, do the opposite of what Jesus said. Mm-hmm. About the beam in your eye and the plank in the other person's. See, I'm not a carpenter. Yeah, I'm not. So... Those metaphors are kind of lost on me, too. Yeah. Yeah. Speck. Like a speck of dust. Mm-hmm. Like playing video games, the dust collects on your PlayStation, your Xbox. Yeah. That's in your eye. And you're pointing it out. I'm pointing it out. It's in your eye. You're like, Joey, it's in your eye, too. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's a lot of uh, that going on. Like, no, it's in your eye. No, it's in yours. Hypocrites are not known for their self-reflection. No, they're not. But um, apparently Bennett um, is this young man, or at the time he was a young man. He's um, still a young man. He's like 20-something now. Yeah. Um, Argento was then 37 assaulted Jimmy Bennett a couple of months after he turned 17. Now, by assaulted, she didn't, like, beat him over the head or threaten him with violence. No. She had known him since he was a young boy, right? Yeah. Seven years old. That's the indication that I got. In California, by the way, the age of consent is 18. Jimmy Bennett was 17. And so the assault was that she essentially 
Well, it's FCC regulated airwaves. She slept with him. She slept with him, did all the things that were involved with sleeping with somebody. But this was like super creepy. Not just the age legal thing here. That's really like, as Reason.com pointed out, I told you off air, 39 states, the age of consent is like 16 or 17. Right. Uh, in California, it is 18, so what she did was illegal. But to me, that's not the worst part of this story, is that she did treat... She was like a maternal figure to this boy. Yeah. And then... She got him rolls. <sighs> she even... There's even pictures on her Instagram, or at least a picture, and I've seen it, mm-hmm. of her in bed with him at age seven. They're both asleep. So it's not a lewd photo or anything. Right, right. There's a cat in the bed and I think a dog or a stuffed animal. And she, the caption, she's talking to like a director or something. And basically it's like, this kid's going to be in the movie. These are my, I think she said something along the lines of these are my children. Right. So when he filed that suit against her, the big headline is that she settled. So she... I guess in the court of law, when you settle, you have to file yes a settlement form. Yeah, it's like three hundred thousand dollars or something. Three hundred eighty like grand. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm sure people on the Me Too movement side would be like, "Yeah, this is not really a good look at all." No, it's not. But we don't know what happened. And is it a situation where they're settling because they just want to get it out of people's mouths? Something they don't want to talk about, focus back on the Me Too thing? Or is it a settlement because there's some perhaps insidious things in what would be the discovery period? Especially when I'm not an attorney and I've seen a photo of her in bed with him, sleeping when they're seven. That she's calling these other people that she's grooming her children? I'd have to double-check on that. I'd have to double-check okay. if she said it was children, but she, Any, she this, tagged a director of a movie. This one instance is enough to be like this, something really weird and creepy. I mean, if I were an attorney, I would certainly drive home the fact that this is a big indicator of possibly grooming. Yes. And if Reason.com was to say that 39 other states has a lower age of... Yeah. What was it? Age of consent? Age of consent. If they have a lower age of consent, I'd be willing to bet that those other 39 states would change their tune regarding age of consent if grooming was involved. Oh, yeah. And you don't have to change the law, but you can bring a case saying this person had a pattern and was doing this. It isn't... Yeah. I don't know if the, the crime itself would be called grooming, but it's something that is grooming just with a different word. Well, and, I mean, and Reason has done pretty good work on this. The the patchwork of sex crimes laws here in this country are very weird. Where sometimes, obviously, we're throwing the book at certain people that should have the book thrown at them. Other people are not being thrown in prison at all, or it's very difficult to prove in court, thus the whole Me Too movement. Uh, Some people end up being called sex offenders for things they did when they were like 17, 18 years old. I mean, it's a weird uh, patchwork of laws we have for a very difficult topic to uh, discuss. And I think because it's difficult to discuss in our culture is probably why certain things go on uh, so often. It's it's called child grooming, and it's under sexual abuse laws. Okay, good. I imagine that's what... I'm not happy that's in my From 10,000 feet away, that's what it seems like happened here. 
And so this person who comes out and took you know, named Harvey Weinstein. Now Weinstein's lawyers are saying the hypocrisy is astounding. Oh, astounding hypocrisy. Yeah. What a slime ball. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. It, it, okay, I'm sorry. Um, that doesn't not make Harvey Weinstein <laughs> right. a terrible but person. But the specs in your eye. Yeah. The, yeah. It, it's like, uh, again, truth isn't truth. Truth isn't true. Thanks, Rudy. No, I do like... Uh, well, there are a few quotes that come to mind. The truth is rarely pure and never simple. But also another one that was brilliant. It was George Orwell's favorite line of poetry, written by William Blake. Uh, the truth that's told with bad intent beats all the lies you can't invent. And bad intent can be, you know, I want to malign somebody or it can be, I want to cover up my own misdeeds and distract people from my own problems. Yeah. But I want to finish on a high note. I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm Go just, ahead. I'm Go thinking ahead. about uh, Mr. Bean, the character. Yeah. In the flourishes of movements that he does with his type of comedy. <laughs> writing word for word William Blake poetry and after he says invent just topping it off and in his well, own you know, hilarious way Blake was an artist and he would do these amazing uh, I can't remember what it's called but it's like using acid uh, with like metal like prints oh okay yeah I can't remember what it's called but it would it was remarkable stuff and he was a weird guy so he would make it would, it would look like a painting or like yeah it would look like a painting and he was like early on like in the early 1800s he was for free love and but he was a devout christian catholic type he was he was an interesting guy brilliant guy but interesting too um but SummerSlam was this weekend and is that a big event Oh, second biggest event in WWE and wrestling of the year behind WrestleMania. Okay, okay. And I even had somebody say the other day to me, Joey, I appreciate you being intelligent, being able to hold an intelligent conversation with me. And I responded back, well, thank you, and yet I still love wrestling. To which this person responded, it's a total paradox. To which I responded, a gif of Alexa Bliss holding up the title going boo-hoo-hoo, miming, pantomiming it. That person responded back, okay, careful now. Yes. When I told people I got back into wrestling how much I now love it, I, I'm getting some weird looks. And the number one response is like, you know it's scripted and fake, right? Well, yeah, so is Game of Thrones. It's a TV show. That's what wrestling is. It's a TV show. All right? And the reason I love it so much is because, well, sometimes it's absurd and funny. Very funny. Sometimes, though, they tell a story in so many different layers. It's just awesome. Like, how do you build up a story for a scripted fight that makes everybody in the arena and watching at home start cheering and act re react emotionally? So the match that really took me away at SummerSlam was Samoa Joe and AJ Styles. I think AJ Styles is like 41. He's been in wrestling for a while. And he's damn good. He's really, like, in ring, he's really good. Um, and he's champion. WWE champion. And Samoa Joe comes out. If you 
weeks ago and says, you know, AJ, he says something to the fact that, you know, AJ, you claim that you uh, fight for your family and your fans and that you really love your family, but the fact that you're always away and on the road tells me that you love that belt more than they love your family. And Styles, AJ Styles gets all pissed about it. Like, how dare you bring my family to this? Joe and Joe, you've known me for 20 years. They really have known each other for 20 years. They've wrestled in different promotions, different companies. You've met my family. How dare you bring my wife and daughter into this? And so Joe, the next week, comes out and he starts reading a letter from a member of the WWE universe saying, I miss my dad. And it's like, or something to the effect, it's, yeah, your wife or your daughter wrote this, AJ. And so it's like he's just getting, AJ Styles is getting more and more pissed. Joe is playing the perfect heel in wrestling terms, bad guy, where his job, and he's done it before, is I'm not really for anything positive. I just want to tear you down because you act like you're this great baby face, this hero who's always doing the right thing, saying the right thing, fighting for the right thing. I want to show people that you don't, number one, you don't spend time with your family, which is probably an actual problem. You know, he's always on the road. And number two, I'm going to take your belt. I'm going to take your title. And so it shows up last night, SummerSlam. The way they're fighting, number one, and this is where the storytelling goes from just guys talking on the microphone saying stupid stuff. The way Samoa Joe is fighting is like a calculated guy who knows what he's doing to tear AJ Styles down. Like he's picking his spots. He looks like he's on the ropes, but he would just tear him down. He, He's con- collected. He has his mission, tear this baby face, this hero down. Whereas AJ Styles is fighting like a man. Think of a guy whose family is literally under attack, like a home invasion. So he's fighting courageously, but a, re- a bit recklessly and emotionally. Mm-hmm. And it ends up to where... AJ Styles is incapacitated outside the ring near the announcer's tables. Joe stands up on one of the announcer's tables, looks at one guy next to him and goes, give me a microphone. And he looks, AJ Styles' wife is standing right there holding AJ Styles' daughter. Samoa Joe looks at both of them and says, I told you your daddy's not coming home tonight, but I'll be your new daddy. AJ Styles gets up from the floor sprints over, hops on one announcer's table, jumps off it, springs it, slams Joe in the face with a forearm. They both fall into the barricade that crashes into all these different chairs. They're both bleeding from the head. AJ Styles goes nuts, just starts beating the crap out of Samoa Joe with a chair. Gets disqualified, loses the match. But he keeps his title because you can't lose by a DQ. And he's continuing to beat him with the chair. The crowds cheer him on until you see, and the camera's kind of poised for this, AJ Styles' wife's going, stop! Stop it! He's bleeding from the face. And he finally stops and walks over to his wife and daughter. And his daughter, he's like, I'm sorry, baby. And his daughter's like scared of him. And they walk off kind of together into the back. And Samoa Joe's just pissed but kind of smirking. And it's like a freaking brilliant story of what a man sometimes has to become to defend what he loves. You have to become a monster. And it might, in fact, scare the thing that you love. And the way they, and just me talking about it isn't doing it justice. The way they fought, the way they pulled it off, it was like, damn. I could, I could see that. I could see how that would be awesome. That was good. It's, it's, it's lame, but I yeah, could see how that would be awesome. Yeah. Uh, well, not lame. I'm it's sorry. It's just storytelling. Uh, kitsch? Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, but 
Yeah. That when he got up and did that forearm slam you're talking that yeah. that does sound pretty epic. It was pretty awesome. Yeah. Like, you know, I try to think um like, okay, whatever. Watching this to kind of escape. Let the mind and the IQ go down. Did they crown the next guy at SummerSlam? For some reason it popped up on my Twitter feed. Some, yeah, some guy. Brock Lesnar lost. Next? Oh, NXT. Oh, yeah, TakeOver. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, TakeOver was also this weekend, and it was pretty epic Okay, so that was a different... That's a different... Okay. That's like their minor league promotion, but they've actually been better than the big leagues. Okay. The past few weekends. Yeah, they're... I mean, and they do... Sometimes it's great story. Sometimes it is great stunts. A guy named Ricochet does his backflip off the ropes. Adam Cole did what they call a super kick, just a high kick. But he kicked him while he was... His head was upside down. While he was upside down in the air. and kicked him right in the neck. I always remember watching... Um, when I was watching wrestling, uh, the Luchadors. Yeah. Those guys were great. Really yeah. good. And Ricochet is influenced acrobatics. by Rey Mysterio a great deal. Really incredible acrobatics. 